0: Hello and welcome back to Twenty Minutes in the Text. My name is Andrew Nelson, and I'm joined by my friend Lisa nice B. Thank you so much for joining me again today. Of course, um, we are uh, here in episode two of Seeing Christ in mm-hmm. the Text, a discussion of the uh, Christocentric or Christ-centered reading of the Scripture, mm-hmm. um, and using uh, what we introduced last episode as the bow tie model, as a way to understand and see how Old Testament types are fulfilled in Christ, the antitype, and reflected in you, me, and all of Christendom as the post-antitype. And today our topic is going to revolve around the, the priesthood, the Old Testament type of a priesthood. And uh, just by quick way of introduction, Mason, we've got two priesthoods in the Old Testament. Yes. They
1: follow Mm -hmm. the order
0: of two specific Old Testament people.
1: Mm -hmm. And who are those two people? So the first um, and arguably most well-known is Aaron, the brother of Moses. So we have um, in Exodus 28, the introduction, it says this. Uh, then bring near to you Aaron, your brother, so God speaking to Moses, and his sons with him, from among the people of Israel to serve me as priests, Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, uh, and, and it goes on talking about holy garments and and such. So uh, ex- Exodus 28 becomes the, the start of the Aaronic priesthood, uh, the priesthood that we know of in the Old Testament that does um, the sacrifices, the work in the temple. Um, um, that sort of main line, I suppose you could say, uh, priesthood. But there's also a priesthood that um, uh, precedes that, mm-hmm. and it is in uh, in Genesis. Yes. So in Genesis chapter 14,
0: um, Abraham is coming. O- Abram, not Abraham yet.
1: Right. Sure. Abram
0: uh, is coming off uh, a rescue mission uh, to rescue his nephew Lot from some marauders and some raiders. Uh, as Abram or as Lot and his family had uh, taken up residence in some dangerous territory. Mm-hmm. And so upon defeating their enemies, they plundered them, they they gained some wealth and prosperity, and saved Lot. And so as they're returning home, uh, Genesis 14 gives us this account of of Abram's interaction with a man named Melchizedek. And that name may sound familiar. This may be a brand new, a biblical name for you. Mm -hmm. If uh, you're thinking about having children or maybe you've listened to this and you've got a baby boy, uh, baby boy bun in the oven, uh, we've got a really great possible name here. Uh, We call him Mel, Melly, Melchizedek. Really? um, If you're so interested. (laughs) Apparently uh, not shared by everyone, but I digress. Genesis chapter 14, beginning at verse 17, I believe. And after Abram returns from defeating Kedorlaomer, there's a name for you also, and the kings allied with him, um, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shavah, That is the king's valley. In verse 18, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and have taken an oath that I will not accept, that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the thong of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten, and the share that belongs to the men who went with me, to Ener, Eskol, and Mamre. Let them have their share. And then Melchizedek disappears. Yeah. Uh, Figuratively, literally, who really knows? Yeah. But he's gone from the text. Um, But we know that he is a priest of God Most High. Mm. And we know that this predates God's commandment to Moses to set aside Aaron and his sons for the priestly duties.
1: Yeah, so... Before we have the Aaronic priesthood, who atones for the sins of the people, who offers the sacrifices, who cares for the tabernacle, you have this priesthood in Melchizedek, who whose main thing, I mean, from the scriptural account that we have, is to bless. Um, and in that blessing, you have all of these characteristics that come with it in uh, in the Genesis narrative. Um, one of my favorite is. Um, the fact that he's called the king of Salem, Salem coming from that shalom, you know, the king of peace, this king of righteousness. So in people's minds already, you know, bells and whistles should be going off about, well, this is interesting. There's a lot of connections that seem to be had with Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: and we're going to get to uh, that. The book of Hebrews is very helpful for connecting right. Melchizedek and Jesus. Um, and we'll see how this, this type of priest uh, is, is truly fulfilled right. in, in Christ. Um, but even before we get to the New Testament, Melchizedek's name appears again almost out of nowhere in uh, Psalm 110. This is a great uh, royal psalm of David, mm. um, a prophetic psalm of David. Um, the uh, psalm, I believe, most quoted by the New Testament writers, um, Psalm no, 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 no. 110. And so uh, <clears throat> the first verse of this, uh, familiar words for those of us who have been reading our New Testament, uh, David David writes, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And as he goes on to, uh, to proclaim uh, truths about his great heir, this this mighty king this king of kings if you will in uh, verse 5 verse 4 excuse me uh, david continues the lord has sworn and will not change his mind you are a priest forever in the order of melchizedek and again uh, this this great son of david this great king That is, to come from David's throne is also a priest Mm -hmm. in the order of Melchizedek, who was what? Uh, A king and a priest of God Most High. Right. Whose priesthood here uh, lasts forever. Again, an interesting uh, Mm -hmm. signal there. And so, uh, generations later, Jesus returns on the scene. Uh, He hasn't, well... Jesus appears on the scene, we should say. Incarnates. Incarnates onto the scene, onto yes. the scene if you yes. will. And uh, his ministry is one uh, of a prophet, a priest, and a king. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Jesus lives a life where he he proclaims the truth of God. Mm-hmm. He does as a priest, uh, simply put, does. He stands between the people and God. Um, and he stands between them. As not just one who atones for the sins of the people, um, but he atones for them by becoming the sacrifice yes, himself, right. and um, that then brings us to to Hebrews, yeah, where there's a great connection uh, between the Old Testament uh, type of priest that is Melchizedek, and uh, the antitype, the the thisness as we've spoken about previously of the priest and um, It's worth noting, let's just take a pause here and note that scholars are going to differ on their interpretation of the man Melchizedek in the Old Testament. Um, And uh, I, letting the cat out of the bag a little bit, um, I'm going to side, lean more towards one side, and that is the side that uh, Melchizedek is is a man uh, in history who kind of jumps into the text and is released from the text just as fast, um, but but leaning more towards the side uh, of some of our scholars who would say that, that that is what Melchizedek was, that he was a man, a king of Salem, uh, a, a priest of God Most High, um, who the scriptures use as a type uh, and a Pointed finger towards the great priest, who is Jesus. Um, but there is a differing opinion on that.
1: Yes, and I, that's the weirdly enough, that's the side that I tend to um, to, to party up on, um, which is the side that says Melchizedek is um, a pre-incarnate Christ. So it, it is it is Jesus who comes on the scene in the Old Testament before his his obviously his earthly incarnation in the in the stable in Bethlehem. Um, again, this the good thing, is that this specific opinion, this specific point of theological debate, is not one that sinks or swims your salvation. Right? Um, yeah. It's an interesting thing. We'll find out someday on the other side of glory. Yeah. Uh, when you walk up to Jesus and say, "Hey, so are you Him or not?" Uh, please settle the debate for us. Right. Right.
0: And so uh, Hebrews chapter four begins a multi-chapter discourse really on Jesus as our high priest. Yeah. And uh, in in verse 4, I'm sorry, chapter 4 verse 14, we see some familiar words again. Uh, the author writes, therefore since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. So as the author continues to expand on Jesus as our high priest, um, he he again uh, goes back to Psalm 110 mm. and uh says in chapter 5, verse 5, So Christ did not take upon himself the glory of becoming our high priest, but instead God said to him, the words of Psalm 110, You are my son today, I have become your father, and you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Further, in verse 10, that he was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And so we've got this introduction here and then as we move closer towards chapter seven mm-hmm. uh, the author makes actually a, a very explicit connection now of how Jesus is a priest in multiple ways in this order of Melchizedek and so uh, Mason if you can can share from us from chapter seven what what are these what are these connections between Jesus and Melchizedek uh, that we see here
1: yeah so um in in Chapter 7, just the opening verses, there's this um, reminder of who Melchizedek is, right? So it says this. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of Most High God, met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, and to him Abraham appointed a tenth part of everything. He is first by translation of his name, king of righteousness, and then he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy. This is sort of why I lean towards one side. Um having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. Now that's sort of just setting the stage of who Melchizedek is. He goes on to say, Now if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, so the Levitical priesthood being the Aaronic priesthood that we've talked about, what further need would there have been for another priest to rise after the order of Melchizedek, rather than one named after the order of Aaron? When there's a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. Um, for the one of whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe from which no one has ever served at the altar, a.k.a. Judah, mm-hmm. right? For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, and in connection with that, the tribe of Moses said nothing about priests. So again, he goes on to say, For it's witnessed of him, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus has all of these things that are in common um, king of peace, prince of peace, right? Without genealogy, Jesus is, as we say in the Creed, he's begotten of the Father, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, he is has the genealogy of, of Joseph, right? But, you know, begotten, not made. Um, there's no beginning or end to Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. Um, he's a receiver of tithes, right? Ten percent, mm-hmm. okay? So all these things, right? It's um, he goes on in great detail. We encourage you to read Hebrews four and seven, four, five, and seven at least, just to sort of gain a, a clear understanding of this. But there's a ton of ways that Jesus is very much yeah. like Him. And
0: let's not forget, um, you know, as we sit here today, um, tomorrow at, at, in our local congregation, we will celebrate the Lord's Supper yes, for the right. first time in in a Over number of months yeah. due to the uh, coronavirus pandemic. Um, so let's not forget that Melchizedek also is a bringer of bread and wine. Yes,
1: uh, again, yeah. Uh, as is yeah. Jesus,
0: of course, in, where in the uh, night he was betrayed, right. brings bread and wine as part of the, the Passover celebration. And tomorrow, in 2020, uh, will bring bread and wine to us, his believers, um, and as he will forever. Yeah. Right, um, right. Interesting, and so so we've got this Aaronic priesthood set up in the Old Testament, um, <clears throat> which is a good order and a, and a wonderful thing for the people of Israel, but but we've got this Melchizedek priesthood, right. um, which which lasts forever and and is perfected in the man Christ Jesus, our great High Priest. And as we move towards uh, the last five minutes or so of of our time together, um, it's good to know that that Christ is the antitype of of the Old Testament priesthood, specifically this this order of Melchizedek, Um, but that you and me as believers in Christ, as people who claim to be Christians, uh, we too are a reflection and a mirror of this priesthood as well. And not by our own designation, but at the word and the command of the Holy Scriptures, um, we are identified as priests. Also. And so um, we've got uh, two texts in the New Testament that, that we're going to point you towards today. Um, obviously not a complete list in this, but first um, Peter chapter 2, um, a, a number of statements uh, within verses 5 through nine. So first Peter 2 5 through 9, and then Romans chapter 12 verse 1 uh, again. So and this pointing back even to, to last week our conversation, Revolved around how um, we are a post-antitype of of the Israelites, um, yes. And in many ways, as this passage also reflects, how things that are true of Israel are true of us today. But specifically, um, that that we are um, living stones built into a holy priesthood. And so, uh, Mason, would you just yeah, real of course. quickly? Of course. Um, <clears throat> Please you point us to those important pieces out of uh, verses 5 through 9 of First Peter chapter
1: 2? Yes. I'm going to save my paper here. That's falling. Okay, here we go. So it says, um, you yourselves, uh, well, I'll back up. I'll just do four or two. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, for it stands in Scripture. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about how that, that cornerstone was the one whom the builders rejected, but who has become this uh, cornerstone that is a stumbling block to many, but yet firm foundation to build on. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, so here we are,
0: God's chosen people. Yes. A holy nation, a people set apart. And what are we set apart to do? Um, to be a nation of priests,
1: yeah, to offer spiritual sacrifices. Uh, not, not you know, we're not re-sacrificing animals without blemishes. Certainly right? not. No, there's, right.
0: there's no place to <clears throat> slaughter animals in the front of our church. Right.
1: Praise um, be to God. Yes, right, exactly.
0: Um, nor are we are we doing anything in our Christian life, our our, um, our, ho- 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 oil? our royal priesthood um, does not include offering sacrifices for our salvation in any way, no. shape, or form. Um, oh, no. Again, the word royal. So here we have royal and priest. Again, Melchizedek, a king and a priest. Mm-hmm. Christ, uh, king of kings. And our great high priest. And here we are, part of God's royal family, adopted into God's royal family through the blood of Christ, but also priests. People offering a spiritual sacrifice that is one of response, one of repentance, and one of praise and glory to Christ. So mm-hmm. that when I live, those who see me live understand that my life is is. All praise to Christ the King.
1: Yeah, if you think about it, in the bow tie, um, you have the you have the priests of the Old Testament, who are um, being in, in, are interceding for the people. Right, they're in the middle between God mm-hmm. and um, and man, but they're imperfect. Right, just like the church, there's priests in the middle. Uh, mm-hmm. We're holy priests um, um, because we're, we're members of the church body. Mm-hmm. Um, And so we intercede between God and our fellow man or or fellow brother and sister in Christ. Mm -hmm. Both of those priests are imperfect and they're sinful, yet they're all redeemed by the knot of the bow tie. They're all redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And then that's what makes them holy. And so because of that, then, you know, they're doing their work as priests. Different, different work, but um, really, you know. Uh, all part of the plan. Yeah, and
0: so uh, by way of tidying this up, um, Romans chapter twelve, right? Um, we we see that um, we're urged in view of God's mercy, knowing that that God already has loved us and saved us and uh, really brought us out of our own imperfections, right? right? Um, In response to God's mercy, we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, which in Christ and through Christ are seen as holy and pleasing to God, which is what you and me and all believers do as spiritual acts of worship Mm. each and every day Mm. in response to the great sacrifice, uh, the great atonement that our high priest Jesus has done once and for all for you and for me and so may i encourage you uh, may we encourage you uh, to stand in the middle of of Christ your savior and uh, those in your life that you may reflect jesus love and you may to them and that you may draw your neighbor to the love of jesus as a holy nation and a royal priesthood a priesthood of all believers in christ 20 Minutes in the Text is recorded and produced by Andrew Nelson and Mason Veith at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in St. Peter's, Missouri. Andrew and Mason are friends, theologians, and brothers in Christ who find great joy in sharing the gospel message. Join us for Christ's Word, commentary, and conversation, 20 minutes at a time. We hope you enjoy the show.